You're listening to the Forefront Church Sermon Podcast. Forefront Church is a progressive Christian community more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. Thanks for listening. Hey, good morning, everybody. And uh, congratulations again to our new leadership team members. We're so glad uh, that we were able to commission you. We're thankful for the work that you're already doing. It means a lot. Um, all right, I'm going to jump in. We're in our series, and our series is called This Feeling's Got Me Like talking about uh, all the ways in which we have to identify with self. And Sarah spoke last week and she spoke about the doing what we're supposed to be doing. And if you missed it, I'm going to give you the spoiler. That guilt is a product of really bad and unhealthy capitalism. It's not real. Okay. But today we're going to talk about something very different. Today I want to talk about anger. I want to talk about getting angry. Last week I'm in the car and I'm driving with my older daughter and my wife my older daughter asks a question. She says, hey, when are we going to go hang out with Amachi and Apacha again? Now, you have to understand Amachi and Apacha are her grandparents, Juby's parents. And, and, uh, and so Juby gives this perfectly reasonable answer, like really well done, like, well, they're getting older. They don't have the vaccine yet. Um, you know, we need to be safe around them, that kind of thing. And in doing so, in doing so, I absolutely lose it. Like I raise my voice out of nowhere and I basically just go off. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Masks are stupid. We're living in fear. Basically anything you might hear on Parlor, I just went ahead and yelled that and shouted it as much as I could. Um, and, and, and my daughter was like, dad, I just asked a simple question. And then my wife was like, why are you so angry? And what did I say? I was like, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. <laughs> How many of y'all, come on, raise your hand. How many of y'all have done that? A seemingly innocuous question, seemingly, and, and next thing you know, you're like shouting and you're yelling and you're upset and sometimes there's even tears and we don't quite know why. We can't quite figure it out. Who's there? Who's, who's with me? Yeah, so I experienced something like that. And I think there's a reason that we do that. There's a reason that anger manifests itself in some different ways for us. And the truth of the matter is the way we express our anger, or for me, the way I don't express my anger, uh, that has so much to do with our upbringing. I want you all to think about the ways you get angry, and then I want you all to thank your family for that. All right. Here's what our families do to us. How many people out there, how many people had a family where you really couldn't express anger at all? Like if you started yelling in the car, um, they might say like, hey, no yelling, right? Without really ever getting to the heart of what's going on. Or like you, run, you walk into your room, you slam the door and your caregiver goes, hey, no slamming the door, right? Instead of actually asking you what's going on. Right? Maybe in, in your family, uh, anger wasn't appreciated or allowed. Now, I grew up on Long Island and growing up on Long Island, it means there were a lot of different families that all they did was yell, all they did was fight, all they did was argue. It seemed like they were always angry. And so I have friends who I grew up with who are like, I don't ever want to be angry because that's all I had growing up it was just yelling and it was loud and anger and anger is the absence of peace. So we don't want to be angry because anger means the absence of peace. I'm afraid of it. How many, how many people grew up that way? How about, um, how about our families, uh, we had to hustle. 
right? We had to hustle and we didn't have time to really think about emotion or we didn't have time to think about what was really going on because it was like, we got to pay the bills. We got to make sure that life is okay. We have siblings, all the rest. And so when we were angry, we would say, I'm angry. And our caregiver would say, I'll give you something to be angry about. And really what our caregiver was doing was simply saying, I don't have time. I don't have time right now to talk to you about your anger. It's not going to work just yet. That's uh, That might be me a little bit, my, my growing up. But the next two, the next two to me are the biggest ones. They're the biggest ones. There are a lot of us out there who, who think that we cannot be angry unless it is a manifestation of an irritation. You get that? We cannot be angry unless it's a manifestation of an irritation, which means it's got to be right in front of us. Like the thing we're angry about has to be happening to us at that moment right now. I'm angry because there's someone trying to steal my wallet, right? It's happening to me right now, right in front of me. It's a manifestation of an irritation. But the truth is, the truth is this is how we gaslight ourselves. And I should point out, this is also a way we gaslight our BIPOC siblings. Our BIPOC, there's nothing in front of you that's bothering you right now. There's nothing in front of you you need to be angry about. So why is it that you're angry? Right. You're able to do all these things, quote unquote. Right. And so we gaslight our BIPOC siblings. We gaslight others. We say, hey, hey, there's no reason for you to be angry because I can't see the thing you're actually angry about. Everything looks okay from my end. Now, on the flip side, when we we can only get angry when there is a manifestation of an irritation, then we have a whole group of of, of other people and uh, they're privileged people in America and privileged people in America can't quite figure out that when you make a move towards equity for the privileged, it's often gonna feel like oppression. We can't quite figure that out. So we don't know why we're angry. And so what we do is we create something that's right in front of us, something like Q. Now there it is, it's a conspiracy. I can get angry about it. It's right there in front of me. It's a manifestation and I'm allowed to be irritated by it. And so what happens is we start to gaslight self. We gaslight others when we believe we can only get angry when it is a manifestation of an irritation. That's true. And then lastly, lastly, how many of y'all out there don't want to get angry, are afraid to get angry, don't know how to have healthy anger because you read verses like this in your scriptures, the ones that say this, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, and brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Right? We read something like that, and we have a a few different thoughts. We think to ourselves, well, anger... You know, anger really quickly turns into malice. It turns into bitterness. And so I can't be angry or or I better, you know, I'm angry right now, but not let the sun go down on this. If I do, we're going to we're going to have some issues. Right. And what we do is we tend to minimize anger. We tend to bottle up anger. We tend to think that that our anger is invalid. And I get why we might think our anger is invalid, because our theology often tells us that our anger is invalid. When we have a theology that says that our God is separate from us, that our humanity is a problem to be solved, then we are not going to trust our humanity. Now, you know, the theology says that the 
problem is solved through Jesus Christ. But still, we keep saying when we start with a theology that says God is separate from us, God didn't like us, needed to stay away from us, and Jesus is the only thing that solves that, well then, when we're angry, we don't trust that feeling. We say, I'm angry, but oh my gosh, I'm, I'm at my core, I'm a bad person. I'm at my core who I'm broken and, and God doesn't love me except through Jesus. So I don't trust that anger I feel. I don't trust at my core the feelings I have because my humanity is a problem. My humanity is not fully loved or fully, accept, fully accepted. And so we, we, we have all these ways in which we manifest unhealthy anger. We're not allowed to, to be angry at home. Our family was too angry at home. Anger only can be a manifestation of irrit irritation. It's got to be there. It's got to be in front of us. Scripture tells us that we can't be angry. That we have all these different ways in which we produce an unhealthy and unholy anger. All right, now here's the thing I want to tell you all today. And this to me is, is, is the most important part. So if you hear this part and then you need to check out and go make breakfast or whatever, I guess that's okay. But here's what I want to tell you. I want to tell you this. It is unbiblical and not part of Christianity to deny your feelings of anger. And secondly, our anger is not a spiritual weakness or a spiritual failure, even if we are still angry when the sun goes down. Okay, that is something that you need to know, that we need to know, that our anger is part of who we are. It's part of how we are made. We are made in the image of God. And so y'all who go to church, when you talk to your pastors, I promise it's okay if you tell us you're angry, all right? It, it's okay. In fact, so many of y'all come up to your pastors and you say, I don't really get angry that often. And my favorite is y'all couples out there. <laughs> you go, oh, we don't really fight. And for me, I'm always like, you don't have to tell me that just because you're afraid about like the whole sun go down thing. Like be angry. Angry is holy. Angry is righteous. Angry is given to us by God. So let's talk about uh, some of the ways in which we can actually bring God's kingdom through anger. I know that sounds crazy, right? How do we bring God's kingdom? And how do we stay away from some of the bitterness and the malice that Paul talks about in Ephesians? Well, let's continue to talk about this. The one thing I want to bring up next, you know, because this is the natural uh, segue, is I want to bring up an AA meeting I went to. Y'all ever been to an AA meeting? I've been to a, a bunch of them. In fact, for my undergrad in college, we had to go to a semester's worth of AA meetings as part of our our, grad, our, our program. Um, the best thing in the world, incredible. And so I walk into my first AA meeting and I, I, I sit down, I have my notebook, I'm like ready to you know, listen or do whatever. And, and people are introducing themselves and it gets to me and I go, hey, I'm Jonathan and I'm just here to, to, to observe. And within three seconds, Somebody goes, Jonathan, this is a no BS zone. And I, I, I was taken aback. I was like, what? And, and it hit me. It hit me. We spend so much of our time and our energy and our currency trying to be angry in all the right ways. Because inherently, if we're angry in the wrong way, that means we lack IQ or EQ. Right? If we're angry in the wrong way, it means that people might think less of us. What about the patriarchy? The patriarchy has made it so that if women are angry, all of a sudden they're irrational, right? Or, or, or if our BIPOC siblings are angry, all of a sudden, there we go. This is why there's oppression and racism. We expend so much energy, time, and currency 
trying to be angry in the right way. Don't say anything. Keep your mouth closed. Bring it up later. And yeah, there's a sense in which we don't want to go punching somebody in the face. I get that. But when this person said to me, Jonathan, this is a no BS zone, what I heard was this. I, I heard them say, we've tried that. We've tried to expend the energy. We've tried uh, to, to pretend. We've tried to make it okay. We've tried to minimize it, and it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked, and not only hasn't it worked, but we've hurt people along the way because we have tried to withhold our anger or do anger the right way or whatever it means. We have experienced pain because we've tried to withhold that. If you're in a no BS zone, it means, you ready for this? This is so simple and so profound. It means you actually admit you're angry and it means you embrace it. This is what that means. I want to read it to you. Admission, when we admit it, admitting our anger demands honesty. It demands a ruthless assessment of our situation, our lives, our fears, our worries. Admission, admission of our anger is what happens when we kill the God of denial. That's what it is. Admission is what happens when we let go of bad theology that says we're separate from God. We can finally admit that we are angry. And here's the good news. The good news of the gospel is when we admit that we are angry, we experience a God who is for us. A God who says your anger is what is, is part of you and it allows you to heal. And that's what I want for you. And I'm here for you the whole way. First step, if we're going to have holy anger, admit you're angry. And so my wife did something. She gave me a gift in the car that day. Uh, she said, Jonathan, I'm going to give you a couple minutes and I want you to figure out why it is you're angry. Sometimes we need that time, right? And so my wife and daughter turned up the music and, uh, and I started thinking about it. I was like, why am I so upset about this? And I was like, is it because I just got back from vacation and it's hard? Yeah, that's part of it. Is it because I'm driving down Atlantic Avenue? Most definitely, right? That's part of it too. And is it because of COVID? I started thinking through it. And what I recognized is I'm scared. I'm really, really scared. I'm, I'm scared that I don't know what the future holds. I have no idea what, what life is going to look like even a year from now. My family, we're going through our own changes. You know, you know about the changes I'm going through at Forefront. And then my wife is changing her career and my kids aren't back at school yet. And I don't know when they're going to go back. And something as simple as visiting grandparents becomes a challenge and an obstacle. And I got scared. It made me angry. And once I was able to voice that... Then we were able to do what I think the next step is in holy and righteous anger. And the answer is not to heal. Healing is not the next step. I'm going to tell you what the next step is. And it comes from Jesus, because everything comes from Jesus when you're at church. And this is the passage that I want to read to you. It says this. It says, as he entered the synagogue, a man was there who had a withered hand. And they watched him to see whether he would cure him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with a withered hand, Come forward, he said to them, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save a life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger. And he was grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against him on how to destroy him. Jesus heals a man's hand. But you know what's more fascinating? You know, you know what I find to be the bigger part of this story? 
Jesus is angry. Jesus is angry at the fact that these, these Pharisees are trying to trap him, basically. That's what's going on. And what does Jesus do in his anger? Before he does anything else, Jesus grieves his anger. He grieves it. Now, do you want to know how we get malice, how we get bitterness, how, how we get the unrighteous and unhealthy parts of our anger? We do it when we go from admitting we're angry to trying to heal our anger without grieving our anger. Our anger needs to be grieved. The truth of the matter is that anger is always going to manifest itself in unhealthy ways if we are not looking at it and saying, this isn't what it's supposed to be. This isn't what God intended, right? The, the, there is not all of God's kingdom here. And I want to grieve that. And I'm angry about that. And I should be able to grieve that. And I remember last week sitting in the car with my wife and, and, and my child. And I said, you know, I'm angry because I'm sad we can't see, you know, your grandparents, Asha. I'm sad that, that I'm, uh, we don't know what comes next. I'm, I'm scared about everything going on. And this moment in the car, we, we, we started to grieve. Now, we might be angry and we might not know why. And the question I have is, are we grieving? Have you grieved your loss? Have we grieved our shame? Have we grieved the breakup? Have you grieved the fact that you had to move, that you lost a job? Have you grieved the fact that, that things aren't what they should be? Maybe you feel exactly like I do. Have you grieved the fact that uncertainty is very real? Have you grieved it? And I think once we grieve, what we get is a solidarity with Jesus Christ who grieves with us. I think one of the most beautiful parts of all of Christianity is that we are the only religion in the entire world who says that our God, our incarnation of God, actually grieves with us, actually suffers with us. If we're angry, let's admit it. And then let's not work to fix it just yet. Let's grieve it. There's something to grieve. And then after we admit it and after we grieve it, now, now we could start that road to healing. Now we get to start that, that, that process, right? Because Jesus heals this man's hand and there's a sense in which Jesus says, okay, once that, that grief comes, once that anger comes, the healing can begin. But here's what I want to tell you, and this is going to sound or feel a little unpopular. Bringing back our full humanity through righteous anger doesn't mean that we're going to bring healing or peace to others first. It means that we're going to bring healing to ourselves first. Okay. That's a big one. Uh, I remember talking to uh, uh, a friend of mine and she was talking about some of the trauma she felt around purity culture, which I think she's probably not the only one. There's probably a few of us listening who have felt some trauma around purity culture. And I want to, I want to read to you what she said. It was pretty specific. She said, when I started to recover from the pain of purity culture, I was angry. I was angry with the church. And the church came back to me and they said, we see you're angry. We, why aren't you forgiving us? Forgive us. Forgiveness is the way we can move forward. And what my friend said is she said, forgiveness, forgiveness of, of the church, that's not how I'm going to move forward yet. What I need to do first before I can forgive the church is I need to accept my body as fully alive and fully divine, made in the image of God. And I need to know that my sexual intentions are good and, and my physical self is good. And once I'm able to heal myself, then maybe I'll get around to forgiving the church. But first, this is about healing me. 
And so to stick with that unpopular thing, when we're angry, our healing doesn't mean that we forgive others first. That's not our job. Our anger means that we heal ourselves first. That's what it means. Now, what does it mean to heal self? I'll give you an example. It means that we're going from I'm not good enough in my anger to I get to take control now. It means I'm moving from, hey, I've lost all my power to I use anger to reclaim my power. It means that I'm moving from this idea that I have no control in my anger to I have full agency in the way that I use my anger. And it moves us from, hey, I'm angry over the powerful hurting the powerless to now I use my voice to bring power back to the powerless, starting with me. When we are healing, we look to self, we heal self first. That's what we do. And there's a lot to be angry about. There's a ton to be angry about. We can be angry about COVID. We can be angry about uncertainty. We can be angry about the the widening wealth gap. We can be angry about the fact that there are powerful people oppressing the powerless. We can be angry about the fact that we have participated in taking power from the powerless. We can be angry about the fact that there are kids in cages. I am particularly angry about the untenable salary cap situation for the 2022 New York Islanders, okay? And I know so many of you are as well. And whatever it is, whatever it is that bothers us, that gets us angry, here's the thing. Let's stop pretending. Let's stop pretending. That that, that anger is going to manifest itself in one way or another, right? We, we learned all those bad family habits. Let's admit it. Hey, I'm angry. I'm upset. And then let's grieve it. What have you yet to grieve? Where do you need time to grieve? And and maybe we're not in that spot. So y'all need to do what my wife did. Y'all need to say, hey, what is it you're angry about? I want to give you time to figure that out. And once we grieve, once we admit it, let's begin the healing process. And so the question that I have for you today is a really, really simple one. It's a really simple question. What beautiful What beautiful and healing things are going to come from your anger? What beautiful and healing things are going to come from your anger? Because it is going to bring the kingdom of God when we stop playing games and we start admitting we're angry and grieving our anger. Because then we get to heal. And not only do we get to heal self, but eventually down the line, God uses us to bring healing to this place. And so we do this. We're following the good news of Jesus Christ, who gets so angry that someone gets healed, that get, who gets so angry that injustice becomes flourishing. And we follow and worship and love a Jesus Christ who wants nothing more than to see us transformed, even through anger, to the full selves that we were made to be. And to that, my friends, I say amen and amen. Would you pray with me? God, God, thank you for thank you for sending your son who who goes through a wide range of emotions and who shows us that our emotions are God-given, who shows us that our anger is God-given, who shows us uh, that it doesn't make us uh, less, but it makes us made in your image. Thank you for that, God. And when we forget it, we are thankful for the grace that we have in you, Jesus Christ thankful that you use every part of us to bring your kingdom. Start with us today. Pray this in your holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Forefront Sermon Podcast. 
To learn more about Forefront and how we're ushering in the next 500 years of Christianity, visit ForefrontChurch.com.